6: What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Man, I hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show is broadcast uh, actually from Stillwater, Oklahoma, heading up to Wichita, Kansas, getting a chance to coach a team called the Stillwater Stars in the basketball tournament. You can check us out tomorrow on uh, on that other network at, uh, what is it, 7, seven Central Time? Uh, seven, I think it's Central Time. 7 Central Time, that's 5 Pacific, that's 8 Eastern Time. So it'll be... I, I think super fun. I think super fun. Man, buyer is buyer soaking up more time off because of golf. Is that the deal to Sager that, that he's he's got he's got the he's got the golf time? He takes his golf time. I think. am oh, so, sorry. I think he's filling in on different a yeah. different show. Yeah. Oh, that's it. He's doing the later later tonight thing. He is in great demand. He's he's on demand. In fact, um, okay. So here's something kind of interesting. So USA basketball it's it's kind of a mess right now, right? They're waiting on three guys. You know what it feels like? USA Basketball feels like a high school basketball team right now, right? Where early on in the season, you got some JV guys that are having to play varsity because some of the varsity guys are still playing football, right? And then the football team, like, was doing well, but you had no idea if they were going to go to state. Now they're going to state, and you're like, man, we can't wait to get this football. That's, right? Have you? Does anybody understand that experience? Because they're waiting on Drew Holiday. They're waiting on... um uh, Chris Middleton, and they're waiting on Devin Booker. They're all playing in the finals, and with each game that the Bucks win, you're like, okay, well, this looks like it's going seven. Seven doesn't get done until next weekend, right? So we're not going to have them until so next weekend. This week is the we're not going to have them until right before the Olympics, and then you have Bradley Beal testing positive for COVID, so he's out, and you had it. It felt like. I, and it it did feel like um, when now all of a sudden you're seeing a change made, you know, you got two different guys to replace as who else left the team? There was uh, Brad Beal and who else am I? Oh, Kevin Love. Right. And Kevin Love, I, I just think he's he doesn't have it. I think that's you know he's been in the USA basketball system since he's fourteen, and they thought he would be a good fit because it's so very physical and you got to be able to shoot. And he would accept not playing very much, but it's pretty obvious he only dipped out because he can't play. When JaVale McGee is the answer, the the, the solution, like e. But I do think there is something to the idea you don't need the best players. Like I love the idea. I would have called Trey Young. I, I've been led to believe that Trey Young wasn't even planning on like all of this trolling on the internet or on Twitter over Trey Young not getting a call. I don't. He knew he wasn't going to play and isn't in game shape to play, doesn't really even want to play, but it's more the fact that they haven't even called him. It's like a party that he wasn't going to go to because he has a previous commitment, but you still want to be invited to the party. But there is something to the idea of you don't actually need the best players. You don't need the best. Like I I saw. Who was it who put out there that maybe this is perfect for LeBron James to to I think Bill Simmons said it right like on his podcast like well LeBron James he's trying to get people to go see his movie. Now he's going to come in and be the superhero that saves that saves USA basketball. I don't see that. Look, there's a chance, a stronger chance than there has ever been since we've, since the 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 disaster that was the World Championships when, I think we finished in like seventh place, and it was the World Championships were in Indianapolis if you remember that year. There's a chance that this team does not come home with a gold medal, which would be an abject disaster for not just the NBA but USA basketball. Of course, the 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 cop out would be like, hey, look at all the guys we didn't have. Like you still have Kevin Durant, you still have like still go through all the dudes you have who are elite level first ballot hall of fame, all-star type Draymond greens. You've got plenty of guys. I don't think LeBron does it one because he's not that guy anymore that can just show up and the whole world quakes in their boots. Secondly, I don't, LeBron is kind of in that Floyd Mayweather stage of his career. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to do this unless it's an absolute positive win. Floyd Mayweather only fought Conor McGregor because it was an absolute positive win. He waited three years to fight Manny Pacquiao. Pacquiao had a bad shoulder. It was an absolute positive win. That's all he's he'll fight Logan or Jake Paul. I don't remember which one of those brothers. It, an absolute positive win. That's LeBron now. Like, I'm not, I got the Laker thing. I'll try and win another championship if there. Anything else, it's, it's gotta be an absolute win. Although I'm not doing it. Right. So, I I don't – USA basketball is in a sticky place, right? Had they gotten out after the last Olympic Games, had they been like, hey, we're done, and now there was talk of like 24 being the age limit or maybe a 22 and under team being the age limit, but you have to be willing to – maybe you're going to lose – You should be able, if you have a team, to compete and win with the best 24-year-old and under. That would still give you Devin Booker. That would still give you some of these other younger players. But now they're in the precarious position. If they lose, they're going to use the excuse of COVID and all this other nonsense and turnover and whatever. You still have Kevin Durant and still have Draymond Green. You still have Damian Lillard. You're still going to have you know, Devin Booker and Chris Middleton. You're still going to have plenty of guys bam out i i i actually like the Keldon johnson thing in that now you need guys you need a team you need team guys that do the little things that come in and play hard for five minutes because the problem that they have is every guy who gets the basketball with the exception of draymond green it the the, the everything stops because they're used to being iso guys and that stuff doesn't work in this style of basketball doesn't work they haven't won because of their offense, they've won because of their defense, but their defense is even not that dominant. But What a mess. Hey, it's the best basketball country in the world. We're going to add a guy who, and look, I respect that he's a Popovich guy and he's been there, he's been working, but you're going to add Kelton Johnson and JaVale McGee and we're supposed to think that these were the right additions? Okay. It looks like that high school varsity team that didn't expect their football team to go to state and now they're waiting on guys to come out of state not knowing if they're going to be ready or, or, or fresh and rested and ready to play when they get there.
7: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip.
3: I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going exactly. guard. Like You see him in the Olympics, <laughs> he's going guard. And then on Love top of it. like that, see that?
0: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to point game. I remember you came out from him crying
3: tears, <laughs> crying, I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? <laughs> I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college
7: because <laughs> it ain't me. <it?" laughs>
0: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write.
3: Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor.
5: And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist.
6: what up? Doug Gottlieb show Fox sports radio coming to you from, uh, Ooh, from red, hot, red, hot, Oklahoma. Man, it's hot here, dude. Like it's a different level. Hot discover matches the, all the cash back. You earn in your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because discovers accepted 99% of the places in the U S that take credit cards. Learn more discover.com slash. Yes. 2021 Nielsen report limitations apply. Um, Richard Sherman, obviously, uh, went through a rough night. There's video out. There's video out of him trying to get into I believe his in-laws' house. Richard Sherman is facing five misdemeanor charges stemming from his arrest at his in-laws' home in northeast of Seattle earlier this week. According to documents filed by the King County Prosecuting Attorney's office on Friday, the charges include two domestic violence counts, criminal trespass in the second degree, a malicious mischief In the third degree, along with resisting arrest, driving while under the influence and reckless endangerment of roadway workers. The charges are all misdemeanors punishable by up to 90 days in jail or gross misdemeanors punishable by up to one year in jail. Richard Sherman put this one out on IG. I'm deeply remorseful for my actions Tuesday night. I behaved in a manner I'm not proud of. I've been dealing with some personal challenges over the past several months. But this is not excuse for how I acted. The importance of mental and emotional health is extremely real. And I vow to get the help that I need. I appreciate all the people who have reached out in support of me and my family, including uh, our community here in Seattle. I'm grateful to such an amazing wife, family and support system to lean on during this time. Richard Sherman. Okay, so what does all that mean to you? I mean, to me, it, it means like, look, he's, he's going through a lot, whether there's an issue with his wife or an issue, with, um, uh, an issue with his football career. He did not mention the possibility of like CTE, but when you hear mental health and you hear a longtime football player, you do kind of wonder. Obviously, there's alcohol involved. I've always told people, like I believe in the adage that an angry drunk is an angry human being underneath, and he was clearly an angry drunk. Does that mean he's a horrible human being? No. Um, I don't think that means he should walk scot-free, not just lawyer fees or whatever, but like, look, if if you're driving drunk, like you're putting everybody else at risk and he nearly hit some con- construction workers. I don't know. I, I feel like this is a sign of he knows it's over in the NFL and he's struggling to deal with it. And I'm sure there's some other emotional issues going on. Maybe some other personal issues that are, that are going on. But, but how do we, how do we handle that? Like how in our society, this is a great question, right? How do we, in our society go like, I got it. You need mental health help. You're going through a bunch of stuff, but what you've done is unacceptable. Hmm, Isaac, what do you think? Like you're, you're, you're a pretty balanced dude. You,
8: what gave you that indication? Well, and I just mean in, in the way
6: in which you way in which you look at things. I feel like you have more, um, you're more empathetic than I think I am at times. Okay, like, like I don't sure. think he should be thrown away, like throw him in jail, throw away the key, right? But I also like, yo, dude, like this is not a good look, you know? Your and and by all intents and purposes, like he was, he told them he was going to resist their arrest, which is like. What, what, are they, what are they, what's the police officer supposed to do? You know, so they stick the dog on him.
8: Dog was probably pretty scared himself.
6: Dog's like, that's a big dude.
8: Big guy, yeah.
6: Actually, dogs, not scared. <laughs> Trained, not scared. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? That's the only like, Dogs, not scared. <laughs> nope, not scared at all. Um, but what do you do? Like, do you think this should hurt him getting a TV job?
8: It won't. It won't because he immediately expressed contrition and generally he had a lot of public equity. And it's more along the lines of at least how I'm perceiving it right now as someone who's going through a very human Struggle, not just an a NFL superstar struggle, but this is all he's known for his career for the last two plus decades. And he's faced with the prospect of of losing it all of a sudden. Uh, as he mentioned, he's going through some personal things as well. And it, it's more along the lines of someone who's going through a really rough time as opposed to someone who is living a double life and is a monster privately in all aspects and was hiding that side of how he truly is from the rest of us uh, throughout the years. And and literally, there was a line that he apparently did not cross. It changes things if he breaks down the door, goes into that house, and there's documented physical engagement. So it's not good, but he didn't sort of cross the sort of line that could cost, for example, future employment chances.
6: This is is a hard one, right? Because um, on one hand, what you're paid to do as a football player, you're supposed to be able to completely turn off when you're off the football field right? It's like one of those things with like UFC fighters. Like I, I do on, 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 I do actually believe that UFC fighters, like a lot of these guys, Dustin Poirier seems like a, like with his foundation seems like a good dude, but obviously there's a, there's a side there that he's able to turn on. And he's, he's like, I don't even like this. I'm just good at (laughs) kicking people's ass. He like literally said that literally said that at his, at his post fight press conference. Like, so but some of their inability to assimilate to normal society is understandable because the way in which they're paid to act and behave is almost barbarian that's a hard thing to turn off and footballs to a certain extent that 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 same way um but like it's like well he didn't hurt anybody well that was only cuz he couldn't break down the door he clearly wanted to hurt somebody just nobody opened up the door and he couldn't break down that door no matter how hard he tried
8: and even then it took multiple officers and the dog to subdue him because in reading the multiple police reports by the officers involved at least two of them instantly recognized that it was richard sherman because they're Seahawks fans, and they were fans of Richard Sherman, and they documented in their individual components of the incident reports, yeah, I'm 5'8", whatever, and this guy is enormous and in peak physical condition. And actually, when they all arrived on the scene of the in-laws' house, before they approached Sherman outside the house, they had to meet together and devise a strategy saying, look, this guy is incredibly strong. He's a professional athlete. He's physically stronger, stronger than most of us combined. They had to sort of come up with a game plan before even approaching him. It's not like they all showed up on scene and then immediately went to him because they recognized, because they were Seahawks fans and they knew Sherman and how strong he was and that he's a pro athlete, they had to sort of take that extra step of plotting how they were going to try and approach him.
6: Crazy, right? Crazy. But there was a lot of, I think, a lot of thoughtful care that kind of went into it. And, uh, you know, all he got was some, some scratches, I guess, is, is kind of the net-net. The, the but the whole thing is nuts,
7: be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
6: Crazy stuff, right? Where you're having people come out and say, no, Damian Lillard wants to go here. Damian Lillard wants to go there. And maybe, and then you're having his, the hometown paper who covers him. like, no, actually, he doesn't want to go anywhere. Doesn't want to go anywhere. Eddie House joins us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio Eddie, what, what do you think is is the any idea what the truth is regarding Damian Lillard?
3: I don't think so. I think it's a lot of smoke and mirrors, man. Right now, uh, I think that's just the way that the the world we live in right now. Uh, people really don't want to show their cards, don't want to tell you exactly what's happening. And I don't blame them. Uh, you know, I think at the at the end of the day, Dame has done everything that he possibly can do to. Um, put a franchise on his back to try to do whatever he could to be loyal, how they say loyal to the soil, um, staying down with a, with an organization that is pretty hard to get to attract uh, free agents. Um, you know, Portland's not high on the list, and it's no disrespect to Portland. It's beautiful in the summer, but a lot of the months is uh, muggy, uh, not muggy, excuse me, but wet air, uh, gloomy, and uh, rainy. Um, it's not a place that attracts a lot of people that want to say, "Hey, this is where I want to be," um, as far as uh, free agents go. So um, I, I think that I think Dame deserves all this, man. You know, I I don't know what more could you ask for a player to do. He's done a whole lot. They've tried to put some pieces around, but I don't think they've tried hard enough, to be honest with you. Um, I think that there's there there's other ways. Uh, we, we've seen this before, um, where you know you have a lot of talent. Um, you have a very talented player, and you're just not able to put the right pieces around him. Let's look at how, how Melo was in New York for a long period of time, and they just couldn't put the right pieces around him. And don't and people can't tell me Melo wasn't a player that you could build around. Dame is a player you could build, just like Trey Young is an up-and-coming uh, player that you can build around, but you just have to have the right pieces.
6: Eddie House joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, so what makes sense? If, if what what makes sense in terms of either building around him or moving him somewhere?
3: I would tell you this: if, if I'm damn, I got to go because I don't think anybody wants to come to Portland. Um, I think you've had nine years of actually seeing that. You know that the proof is in that. That no matter what, how well you play, uh, him and CJ. Oh, we could attract maybe some uh, some big fellas, you know, some guys that can run the floor, some wing players, and we could try to build this. I don't think that that's happening. I think that for that, what really has to happen is he has to start looking elsewhere, um, and also the, the the team looking elsewhere uh, to to figure out like what can they do with it. Because if you go off of Dame, if you if you get rid of Dame, then one thing we do know that you're in a total rebuild from that point. So you have to try to figure out how do you Uh, protect yourself as a franchise, but at the same time, do right by the player as well, who is all this whole time is done right by the organization and and that city as well.
6: Eddie House joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Okay. um, LeBron's block. Or Giannis's block. Let Let's start with. I'm not going to argue. I'm I'm not going to argue that. Hold on. I'm not going to argue that LeBron's block was a more impactful play. It was a game saving, game seven block, an unbelievable defensive play. But in terms of as a basketball player, which is more impressive, a chase down block above the square of Andre Godala, or you're guarding the ball screen as a big guy, then you got to turn. And get your hands in between the rim and the ball and block a dunk, which which is athletically, which is a more impressive block.
3: I'm to tell you this day. It's funny because we've had we had this discussion in the house when it happened. Okay, with my twins, they're 14, they'll be 15, and um, I was explaining to them how impressive that block that Giannis did. I said that's one of the best blocks I've ever seen. I said when they they instantly went to LeBron's block, I was like, yeah, well. When you look at the time and the significance of that block in a game seven of the finals, and this is only game four, I said, okay, we could put that up there. But when we're talking about what Giannis did, he was able to show. It wasn't a hard show. It was a soft show, but it was hard enough to make Devin Booker say, I can't get past him and I can't shoot a jumper because I feel like he'll be contesting. I'm going to throw the lob because that's where it's at. And this is the, the, the real, the most impressive thing to me was Giannis, did his job, but then he also covered for Connington because Connington is supposed to bump DeAndre Ayton at the elbow. He's supposed to give him a bump. All he did was reach and then start pointing like, "Hey, look, you got to get him." So to see Giannis actually show, then cover up for the bump mistake by Connington, and then be able to turn around and meet him at the top, it—I'm w- I- telling you, I was just telling my boys, I was like, "Hey, that is one of the most impressive blocks." I've seen because he did a lot in that one specific play. The block's fantastic. But what he did, stopped Devin Booker, who was cooking, made sure he didn't get a shot. Then covered up for a mistake that his teammate, hugging on um, Jay Crowder, who really wasn't hitting any shots like that, hugging on him that didn't bump and was able to get back and make the block. Super impressive. I thought that was one of the best plays that I've seen in a long, long time. And super impressive to just see the talent and and just the the ground that somebody like Giannis can cover with his size and his length.
6: Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, what what can Phoenix do first like Chris Paul, do you think it was fatigue that they've worn him out by pressing him? What's what's changed for Chris Paul in the series?
3: I think well being able to keep that young body uh Drew Holiday on him and Drew Holiday picking him up, okay? It's not easy. Uh, Drew Holiday is a fantastic defender, so It's not comfortable. You got to think, if we really, in retrospect, look back at all the games that have been played so far in the playoffs with the Phoenix Suns, it's been pretty comfortable for Chris Paul walking the basketball up the court and getting his team and and dictating what they want to do and then saying, hey, no, move out the way. I want you to come here and set the screen. Now I'm going to get the mismatch that I want and now I could go to work with a Bobby Portis on me or a Brooke Lopez on me or a Zubach on me. And he was able to manipulate that with Drew Holiday out there. He's working the whole time up the court and Drew Holiday has length. So Drew Holiday I think he guards Devin Booker well. It's just Devin Booker is, you know, still able to make shots. They're about the same size. Devin might have a little bit of size on a little a little bit of height on him, but they're relatively the same size. They're still both young, athletic. I think just the wearing down of, and you know this, Doug, as a point guard, the one thing we do not like is somebody guarding us nonstop, always. As soon as we catch it, we turn around, there's somebody right there. You know, then you got to ask for a screen so you can just get a little breathing room to set the offense up. And I think that is wearing on them. And the fact that there's length, there's uh, youth, there's uh, not only length, but he's also, I I think Drew Holiday is, I can say he's stronger than Chris Paul. And I, I think that is giving them. It's driven Chris Paul a little bit of issues right now. So to me, that is the the, the matchup that I want to see what Chris Paul is going to do to to counter what Milwaukee has been doing. But you also got to get DeAndre Ayton to basketball, I think, man. I think that he has to get some touches down there, and he has to make guys pay um, if they are smaller guys on him. Uh, th- to me, that's the most important thing for the Phoenix Suns, is DeAndre Ayton has to be a factor in the basketball game. Um we know what Devin is going to do, and Chris is going to be Chris. But to me, is DeAndre Ayton is is the, is the is the most important player for the Phoenix Suns.
6: Um. All right. Uh, Chris Middleton just took what took over. Mm-hmm. What, what do you make of his? I, I think reputation-wise, it's like he's like a Paul George. Like his reputation is he's too inconsistent. Is that a fair reputation?
3: No doubt. It's definitely a fair repu, uh, reputation and. Um, when you look at it, he's played well at home. Um, and it's been some games on and some games off. You know, when you get superstar status, usually you're a consistent player. You're somebody that every single night, you know, what this guy is going to bring. He might not have, he might not be a great, super great that night, but he's still going to be great. And one of the best players out on the court, I think Middleton, um, you know, he found his rhythm, man, and I think he's eating in that mid-range area, you know, using his size, using his strength. I know Mikael Bridges has length, but he has, it seems like he has a little uh, – he, he has a strength advantage on that. You know, he, he can bump Mikael Bridges off Mikael Bridges' spot to be, create space to get his jump shot off. So I think um, that's another matchup to watch. I mean, I'll I tell you what, man, just watching this, I, I'm so happy for these finals because the one thing about it is, We all expected it to be the Nets and the Lakers, right? Super teams, superpowers, all these superstars out on the court. And it's two different teams constructed in the original way, the traditional way. It's not not super teams out there. These are teams that have to play team basketball in order to be successful. And I'm I'm, I'm, I'm loving every minute of it.
6: I, I agree with you. Who wins the championship?
0: Oh man,
3: you know I'm I'm in the valley, man. So I'm I, and I play for the Suns, so I, I got to I, be impartial. Just say, be impartial. I want the Suns to win the championship. But the one thing that we do know, Pat Riley said, no rebounds, no rings, right? And the one thing they are getting killed on the glass. And if they don't fix that, I don't care how well you think you can shoot the basketball, you you better be knocking down every uh, every shot because if you're not. It looks like Brooklyn is controlling the glass. Not looking like Brooklyn is controlling the glass, and not only that, they're controlling the offensive glass. So they're getting second chance opportunities while they're turning over the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns got to figure a way to lock down, and the one thing you have to do is close out the possession with a rebound. They have to get better with that, and if they're not able to do that, Milwaukee wins it. But I, I'm still going to roll with Phoenix in seven.
6: Awesome stuff, Eddie. Eddie, have yourself a great weekend. Really appreciate you joining us. Just such high level basketball stuff. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you spending some time with us on Fox Sports Radio.
3: Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Have a
6: good one. I love that's uh, uh, Fox Sports One's Eddie House. Follow him on Twitter at Eddie House underscore Fitty.
7: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at three PM Eastern, noon Pacific. Hey, I'm John
1: Middlecoff, and I host the Three and Out podcast. Do you like football? Do you like the NFL? Do you like the NFL draft? Quarterbacks, coaches? Well, I talk about it all on the show. I used to work for Andy Reid as a scout. Now I give you my unfiltered and raw opinions on everything that goes on in the NFL. And you know we're talking college football because of how important the draft is year-round. Listen to the 3 and Out podcast with me, John Middlecom, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Yeah, I, yeah, because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard, he don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the Olympics, <laughs> he's gonna guard and then on I'm top not of it, like that, see that?
0: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to point game. I remember you came to my room crying tears.
3: I mean, he was in a culture shock and then he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what you I know? told you? I said I said, OJ, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. Ain't <laughs> <Nick?"> <laughs>
0: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The
2: 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters.
6: Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the, in your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted 99% of the places in the U.S. to take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Every day at this time, the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. We like to play for you a portion of a previous show on Fox Sports 1 or Fox Sports Radio. We call it... And now... <laughs> what does the fox say? This is Skip Bayless on Tom Brady playing this season with a torn MCL. This closes the case
8: that last year for Tom Brady was the single greatest season accomplishment of anyone in the history of your league. And you detailed much of it, but this is the, if you will, the icing on top. This is the case closer because to your point, it was a COVID season. It was a COVID off season. He joins a brand new team. A team that had gone seven and nine the year before, a franchise known as the Suckers, which had the worst winning percentage in all of sports for its history, a new coach, a new coaching staff, and with little to no off-season preparation and zero preseason games.
6: Um, okay, so look, do I think what Tom Brady did last year at his age is impressive? Absolutely do I believe he had uh, like a, a destroyed MCL and that he's dragging around a dead leg? Like, look, I have a torn ACL. I couldn't imagine playing right now, playing football with it. Although people have played football with a, without an MCL, they have, there's a way to strengthen everything else in there. Uh, uh, You know, I think you have arthritis problems later on. And there are, there are times in which it, there's some extreme pain. You can do it. Um, they were also like, look, Tommy, well, he wasn't great the whole year. He wasn't even good in the second half of the NFC championship game. And I do think that the announcement at this point that it was fully torn doesn't mean it was fully torn the, the whole season. You don't know when it became fully torn. I don't want to diminish the year he had. He wasn't the best quarterback in football, but he does find a way to win games, whether he's hurt, whether he's healthy. And it, it is impressive considering his, his knee and his age. But do I think it's the greatest accomplishment ever? No, I, I I, frankly, like Deshaun Watson playing shortly after having a collapsed lung and having to drive to Jacksonville because he couldn't fly like that to me was, was slightly more impressive. All right, we got breaking news. Breaking news. Let's go to Isaac Long. All right. News from Fox Sports.
8: Damian Lillard is speaking right now at a news conference at USA Basketball training camp in Las Vegas about a report that he has requested a trade from the Portland Trailblazers. Let's hear it straight from the man himself.
3: It's not true. You know, I'll I start off off the rip and say it's not true. I said the last time I spoke to you guys that a lot of things are being said, and you know, it, it hasn't come from me. So,
5: uh,
3: number one, is it's not true. Um, and secondly, I also say that I I haven't made any firm decision on you know what my future will be. So uh, there's really no need for uh, anybody else to to speak for me or report this or report that. You know, if there's something to be said, as I said the last time, I'll I'll speak directly with with my team and with Neil.
4: So um, you know, that's that.
6: That's that, Doug. Back to you. Okay, so so first, if this is truly the way that Damian Lillard is going to ba- go about it, like if he's going to request a trade and he is going to make it public, right? Like he's gonna if he's gonna meet with Neil O'Shea and then go like, hey, yes, I want I have rec- formally requested a trade, or I have said I am not going anywhere. I want people to join me. That's the next part that has to happen, right? You, I, I like all of what he's saying. I want to make sure, that, like, I like all of what he's saying. It's like, look, the, I I speak for me. I'm telling you, I haven't. He also said though that I haven't determined what. That, again, what he's saying is, I'm not closing the door on wanting to be traded. I just haven't made that determination yet. Right? Is that what you heard, Isaac? I mean, is that would that what you heard? I mean, that's that that's what it felt like to me.
8: Yeah, I I felt the same way. Uh, <laughs> it's like he denied it in the short term but left the door open for the rest of the summer. So What you're allowed
6: to do. Look, you're allowed sure. to do. Again, but but what that requires is at some point it does require for him to say I'm I'm not going anywhere or I would like to be traded. At some point he has to make a determination. There's going to be a point where he makes a determination on his short-term and long-term future at that point in time, you got to alert us. Otherwise then you empower people who, as he said, don't speak for him, even though he doesn't need anybody to speak for that. That's fair, right? If we're being fair and he's like, look, these aren't me. You're hearing from me. I have not made any determination that I want to be traded yet, or maybe ever. right. But that that what that requires of him is at some point in time, you got to update us.
8: Uh, that's a really good point. And I, I'm curious, and, and you would know this better than I would, at what point during the offseason is Lillard's leverage highest for getting what he wants, assuming he is eventually going to want to be traded?
6: What point in time is his leverage highest?
8: His own personal leverage, if he indeed wants to be traded to go to the team— that he wants to go to the most. For example, you know, it's leverage in terms of in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson getting traded. I mean, is, is there a point where if he delays expressing it, he's going to limit his options for where he truly wants to go?
6: No, here, let me, I'll, give you, I'll give you my guess. My guess is that Chauncey and Neil Shea sat down and go like, all right, man. Look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to work through some, you tell us some guys you think make us better and we'll work through some trade proposals and you tell us like which ones you like and then we got to go out and see what is actually possible. I remember it, it, it's the old it takes two to tango. Like, I, I, I'd really like to play. I don't know if he wants to play with Ben Simmons. He may not. Some guys don't like Ben Simmons, right? So he may not, but he may like to want to play with Ben Simmons. He may say, hey, I want Ben Simmons. All right, we're going to have to, we're going to have to get rid of CJ for it. We think, We think CJ, these are the guys that we think we can move. These are the guys. Here's how we think we can do it. What do you think? Now, just because that looks good on paper, he may say like, all right, go for it. And if they pull it off, then you're good. And if they don't, now we have to have a conversation of we had all of these proposed deals. None of them got done. What do you want me to do? I can't stay here and have my entire career where we're waiting on deals to be consummated that aren't consummated. My guess is, and it's a pretty educated guess, is that's how it's going to go down. Is, all right, you can tell me you're going to get me dudes, but don't just tell me. Tell me exactly what you're going to do. I, I, who, wants a, who wants a vague outline of it? I want an exact, tell me the guys you think you can get and how you, who, what we're going to have to spend in terms of financial capital and draft capital and player capital in order to get them. Does it seem odd to you,
8: Doug, that Chauncey Billups was clearly publicly identified as the person that Lillard personally wanted to be the new head coach, yet despite the fact that they hired him, there's still uncertainty about Lillard's future, even though reportedly he got exactly his first choice?
6: Um, I don't know if he was exactly his first choice. Remember, he wanted David Vanderpool to get the job in Minnesota when a coaching change is made mid season, I would guess David Vanderpool is one of the other guys he was pushing for. I do think he has a good relationship with Chauncey. I, you know, I'm, I'm just guessing there's, there's some personnel things that he wants to have happen and I'm not sure how realistic they are. You know, every guy's like, well, I want this guy, I want that guy, that guy may not want to come or we can't make that trade. But yes, it is interesting that one of the guys, part of that is the pushback over the press conference and the handling of those, those, uh, those old allegations.
7: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
4: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico,
2: Terms and conditions apply.
4: Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health.